The Up and Vanish season finale is brought to you by the 20th Century Fox film Murder on the Orient Express in theaters November 10th. Everyone is a suspect. Visit CluserEverywhere.com and listen for their spot later in the show. I'm from Irwin County. I went to school there. They will definitely protect their own. That's the way these people have always been. It's all a big corrupt situation. Everything that they've got going down, on down there, to me, the whole sheriff's department knows what's going on. Alan Morgan never got to go in that orchard. And that came from someone in the sheriff's department. When him and Nelson went to search that orchard, Nelson told him there wasn't no need for him to go in and told him to turn around and go back. Nelson went in to search by himself. Uh, I mean, I, I honestly feel like ever since they searched that orchard, they've known something. This has been going on for ever since I was a teenager. It's, it's nothing new. I think they should definitely pay the price for every single one of them that had anything to do with it. That's corruption in Owen County. That's, that's what you get. I feel like there's even more people than, than I even would suspect that's involved in it. I'm glad that some of it's finally coming out and people are actually knowing part of the truth. place to live. I lived in the big city of Buffalo, New York for 40 years and I come back home after I retired 
And so it's just a nice place. And the changes that I've seen when I was growing up to what now, it's just a beautiful place to be. In 1941, December the 7th, when the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor, I was living at the 11 mile marker down the road from here. To me, it's just a beautiful place. We searched from right here to this road right here. The next road right there was about a half a block from here, all the way past Queensland, all the way down there around 129. Uh, we searched all the way down below Osceola. Uh, we went a lot of places, all back in this area back across here. I went to so many places, I don't even remember. Each time they had a hunt, I was out there. It was kind of a shock to me because I live right here and I pass there every day. Even when we were looking for her, I'd be passing right by where she was at. But you don't know. That was a shock to me for me to be here going on all them hunts and then she right here less than a mile from where I live at. In a way right now, it feels good. It gives me some closure that the family finally finding out what's happened after all those years. I know it's hard because I've been through it with family members myself. So. The reason I was so interested in this is because I have two kin people that had been killed and still no results and we're still trying to find the results now. So. My aunt and my sister's daughter and it's been a long time so, so that's what made me interested in this because we hadn't had no closure for that. So that's why I went on this hunt. Did you guys ever search in that orchard that they found Tara in? No, we never searched in this orchard up here. This is just a nine mile marker where I'm at. The orchard is an eight mile marker up here, just in the next mile. This is James Wilcox. He's 85 years old, and he was born and raised in Ben Hill County. James lives in an old house off Route 129 in Fitzgerald, less than a mile from where Tara Grinstead's remains were found. Back in 2005, James felt compelled to help find Tara because he, too, had been the victim of an unsolved murder case in his own family. After James and I talked for a little while in his home, he offered to drive me out to the orchard. Up until this point, I had never seen it in the daytime. What that pecan orchard is? So I'm, I'm at the nine mile marker, and uh, she was found at the eight mile marker. Uh, right here, where they, where they took her out, took her through there, and that's only just a few miles from my house. Out of all the places we looked, I never would have looked here. James was still in disbelief that after dozens of searches for Tara, she was right here in his backyard the whole time. Can I get out for a second? Yeah. Mm -hmm. James drove by this pecan orchard every single day. The orchard was huge, so big that you couldn't see the end of it from the fence where I was standing. The rows of pecan trees went on for as far as you could see. By all accounts, the orchard itself looks and feels unsettling, like something out of a horror movie. And paired with the thought of what had happened here a decade ago, it was genuinely unnerving. Most of the time when something happened like this, somebody know. But 
Nobody wanted to talk or say anything. Somebody knew all along, but just wasn't nobody talking. And that's the hard part about it, when people know what done happened and then they won't come forward and let nobody else know. I think if somebody went to the police and told them to search their orchard up there and then they didn't let nobody else know about it, I think that was wrong. Definitely be suspicious because if the search parties had known, I think they would have did a better job. Now, what I've really heard since, since this has happened, some of his kin people was out there on the search. If I told you that an officer from, from the Irwin County Sheriff's Department, who was related to Ryan Duke, went out on his own and searched that orchard, and nothing ever happened from that, what would you think about that? I think it was something very, very peculiar going on. Buying clothes can be super annoying and just flat out difficult. Maybe you felt the pressure from the sales clerk, or maybe you were trying a new trend, or maybe you bought the perfect outfit only to find out later that it didn't fit. It's time to eliminate that risk altogether by using Latote. Latote is a fashion subscription box that sends you brand name clothing and accessories right to your doorstep for one low monthly fee. You can rent up to $700 worth of fashion from designer brands all month long. And it's also perfect if you're expecting. They even have maternity totes. Your size is ever changing for nine months. And now you don't have to buy your maternity clothes that you'll never wear again. You can rinse your look with Latote. Get as many totes as you want. Simply wear, return, repeat. Latote is the style and fit experts. They use data to fit you better than any other retailer. So go to latote.com. That's L-E-T-O-T-E.com and get started for as low as $39 a month and use the promo code VANISHED at checkout and get 50% off your first month. Again, that's latote.com, promo code VANISHED. Before I left... James pulled out a box of old VHS tapes. He told me that several times during the searches for Tara back in 2005, he had brought his video camera along. I, was, I did some filming directly after she was missing. I might have been two or three weeks on one tape, something like that. I filmed uh, the search team that was from Texas and all those. He pulled out a dusty old tape from the box. He powered up his VCR and then popped in the tape. filming Tara's house from the road just a few weeks after she went missing. There was crime tape surrounding the entire property, a come-home-soon sign in the front yard, and a deflated balloon waving in the wind, tied to the back of Tara's car. No one could have imagined that it would be more than a decade before they found anything. Tara Faye Grinstead, first question. 
What is your greatest fear in life? into my classroom, the very first class that I had, they wanted to start the class off by talking about, tell us what you're going to do when you go to Miss George. And I said, we've got to do our lesson first. And so I gave my notes, hoping that they would forget by the end of class. But the last 10 minutes of class, they said, you said we could talk about it if we got through with our work. So they were asking a lot of questions, very curious. Sitting in the classroom and bell rings. We were waiting there 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Still no teacher. She wasn't even in the hallway. Usually the teachers stand out in front of the hallway. She didn't show up, and then all of a sudden, we hear over the intercom, would Tara Grinstead report to the, the office? And after that, everybody started freaking out. And later that evening is when it popped up on the news and said that she was, they were searching for her. She was happy. She was very, had a very bubbly personality. She was a person who was not afraid to help you if you needed it. If you were struggling in school or any subject, she would help you. I worked very hard and it took me a while. I competed at 19 Miss Georgia preliminaries and it took me four years, but I was determined that I was going to reach my goal. And uh, Miss Tifton was my second to the last pageant since 24 is the age limit and I was graciously titled Miss Tifton and I'm very excited. And she developed confidence, 
the TBI, everything I knew and everything and whatever I know about everybody. Now, I felt like I betrayed Tara, you know, because I had to open up and tell them everything. But I, at the end of the day, I had to go, okay, if this is a matter of getting her back or finding out what happened to her or not, and it just is what it is. Now, you know, I wish it was not all out in, you know, the whole world to know, but, you know, that's just the way things happen. And I don't think you can ask questions without knowing everything. And, and, you know, having to tell secrets and having to reveal things that you didn't want to reveal. Um, it does sadden me that those people's lives were affected, but I think that they understand, you know, that that's just the way it happened, had to happen, you know. You have to open up yourself. I think that's just the, the way it is. When you put yourself in someone else's life, it, it could happen, period really thankful for people for at least praying for their fa her family and uh, I just want positive positive thoughts now I want positive you know feedback I mean let's just leave what's happened alone and just let this play out yeah, I'm praying that it was one of those just burglary going wrong you know just a freak thing because I'm, I'm be honest with you I know she said she has no fears but she did have a strong fear of being broken into and, 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 and violated. And I just pray that, you know, it was very quick. Whatever happened, I hope it was quick. I mean, I think it's just one of those things where I'm trying real hard and praying real hard to accept the things that I do not know and just accept the fact that I may never know um, and just be able to live with, with it like that. It's been like reliving this all over again every single day and when it all happened in 2005 it, it took months you know for me or years you know really to get my life back to normal or back to the new normal and it's been the same way I mean I feel like I'm back to where I was trying to cope with this it's just unreal I felt like it was somebody she knew the whole time but I guess the part of me was like, you know, I don't, you know, nobody wants to think, oh, I know someone who could actually kill somebody else or hurt somebody else or take them, you know, against their will. And I guess I had a lot of guilt for thinking people that I did know may have something to do with it. But luckily, you know, I don't know these two guys or I don't know the, the guys that knew really. I just know them by name. And, and I'm, I'm glad because... It's, it's been it's been very difficult. Obviously, I have a lot of questions, but I don't know. I'm praying that it just all comes out and it answers my questions. If you've enjoyed Up and Vanished, then you probably appreciate a thrilling mystery. I want to introduce you to an upcoming film by 20th Century Fox called Murder on the Orient Express. Murder on the Orient Express hits theaters November 10th. If the title sounds familiar, that's because this film is a reimagining of the 1934 classic novel by master storyteller Agatha Christie. Thirteen strangers are stranded on a train, and everyone is a suspect. One detective must race against time to unpeel a suspenseful puzzle where morality is questioned, and people are not always as they seem. Trust me, I've read the script, and I've screened some footage, and this is a classic whodunit with a great character-driven story of deception, loyalty, love, and revenge. Academy Award-nominated Kenneth Branagh directs and leads an all-star cast. It stars Penelope Cruz, William Defoe, Judi Dench, Johnny Depp, Michelle Pfeiffer, 
Daisy Ridley, and Josh Gad. This film truly has it all, transcending gender, age, and race. Murder on the Orient Express hits theaters November 10th, but you can check out the trailer now at clueseraeverywhere.com. We're looking forward to kicking off our first ever live tour. Myself, Maurice Godwin, and Philip Holloway can't wait to meet you guys. So make sure you check out upandvanish.com slash live to see when we're heading to your city. A portion of tour proceeds will help fund a Tara Grinstead scholarship fund. Tenderfoot TV has pledged to donate a minimum of $10,000 towards this fund over the next several years. Tara Grinstead loved her students, so we're proud to announce the first scholarship. For the next five years, a new graduating senior from Irwin County High School will receive a $1,000 scholarship. For more details, go to upandvanish.com slash Tara. Tara was a happy person who inspired those around her. A devoted teacher, a loving daughter, and a best friend. As we learned in some of the previous episodes from some of the emails Tara sent to Marcus Harper's mom, Tara was a very passionate person. And in the days and weeks leading up to her disappearance, she was experiencing her first heartbreak. She was emotionally torn about her split with Marcus Harper, and she expressed that in many ways. Recently, I was given a never-before-seen letter that Tara sent Marcus shortly after they broke up. In spite of all the hardships, I've learned a lifelong lesson. Marriage, something I should have never dwelt on. Of course, I would be happy having your name, but it's more important just to have you. I do not need your name to have you in my life. All I need is to act right or perhaps look at the situation differently. I should have just been happy having you in my life, and now that I don't, I'm experiencing the most terrible pain in my heart. I'm realizing that not having you in my life is worse than not being married. All this time I was trying to figure out what was wrong with me and why you would not marry me when I should have just been happy being your chosen girl for six years. But I did not know what it was like to have you and then lose you. I know now, and I also know I will not find anyone like you. I know we both struggled with other emotions such as job, finance, school, etc. But my insecurity got the best of me. And when you were down and concerned with those matters, I assumed it was me. Sure, I know I caused some additional stress on you, but it was just my plan for some answers in my life. Answers I thought you could verbally give me. When actually the answers lie within actions and time. Emotions are more important than words and I know what I feel, Marcus. I have a tremendous amount of love for you and an excruciating amount of pain from this broken heart. Love can heal the pain we've both experienced. I'm willing to completely love you if you can meet me halfway. Let me prove to you or rather show you what I have learned about our relationship. It's not about our unity in marriage, but it's about our unity as two people who love each other. Yes, I know you're saying, why didn't you see that before? I just did not. Now I do. My devotion to you runs deep as you know, and I want to show you a new devotion. It's not just about waiting while you're gone and doing for you. It's about me learning to trust that you love me. I was always scared you did not love me like I loved you. And when you went out with friends, I thought it was because you were falling out of love. Forgive me wanting to spend time with you because you know I've spent plenty of time alone. But I can surely see your free time away from me in a different light. Life is about learning, Marcus, and please do not hold a grudge against me for the past three years. None of this was meant to hurt you or me. 
But in a time of emotional confusion, I hit rock bottom only to see darkness. It took this time for me to learn what the past six years was more about. It's more about just us being a couple. Thank God I see that now, and I pray to God that you will always give me a chance to prove what I see. It will be better for the both of us. I had tried reaching out to Marcus several times throughout my investigation, but I never got a response. But three days after Ryan Duke's arrest, back in February, I received a Facebook message from him. He said, I'm ready to talk now. Are you? I was driving back to Atlanta from Osceola at the time, and I got off on the first exit I saw and pulled into a little coffee shop. He asked if he could call me, and he did. In the first few minutes, we had a sort of burying the hatchet moment. He expressed his distaste for some of the earlier episodes of Up and Vanished, but then he told me that he understood my role, and as hard as it was for him to hear it, he knew why it had to be done, and that I wasn't the first person to question him and Tara's disappearance. I asked if I could meet him in person, and he said he would do it, but only if I met him in New York City. And coincidentally, I was going to New York just three days later, so we arranged a meeting. Marcus and I talked for hours at a restaurant off record. After an emotional couple of hours, we parted ways, and we continued our communication on a regular basis over the next six months. And just a few days ago, per my own request, he agreed to give me an official statement. We met again, this time at my office in Atlanta. How do I describe almost 12 years of pain in one statement? I can't. The only thing I can do is admit that I was wrong about my assumptions of what happened to Tara. I always said I would not believe her to be dead until proven otherwise. February 23rd, 2017 changed that for me after receiving a call from law enforcement. The voice on the other end of my phone, which I recognized, told me my years of pain were over. Are they? Hope was gone, but people will always judge, criticize, and scrutinize. It did not feel real then, just like it does not feel real now. My pain is nothing compared to what her family is experiencing. Tara was robbed of her dreams, loved ones, and of life. All of those were cut short. For what reason? Her parents were robbed of their daughter. I cannot imagine the pain her father and stepmother are feeling. Her mother passed away without knowing what happened. She is grieved by many friends and family who have all had the same question. Why? For 12 years, everyone close to this case was forced to endure their own personal hell. Some turned on each other, while some became closer because of the trials and tribulations. The fires of hell itself is not enough for the ones responsible. Tara and I had a relationship. It ended as many do. Sometimes people come into our lives for a season, sometimes for much longer. But these people come into our lives for a reason. We learn from them. They help us grow. And Tara did just that. She supported me during one of the most trying times of my life, the path to the 75th Ranger Regiment. On a blistering summer day, she pinned on my coveted Ranger tab at Victory Pond in Fort Benning. She was there when I first left to go to war and greeted me with my family upon my return. She helped fuel my ambition. In turn, it was that ambition that caused strain in our relationship. Months upon months of deployments and the fact that I did not want to move back to my hometown, settle down, and start a family caused us to take different roads. We had our differences. We tried to maintain a friendship, but that is difficult to do when two people have been in love. 
I never got to finish the story when we last spoke. Maybe I will share one day. Despite all, I will say we parted on good terms and I have peace. We have a justice system at work. No matter how flawed, it has to be given a chance. All we can do is remain patient and pray that justice is served. Everyone knows time is money. And with Stamps.com, you don't have to waste that precious time. I can mail any letter, any package, just using my computer and printer. And then the mailman comes and picks it up. I don't ever go to the post office. We use Stamps.com for all of our mailing. I can mail everything from postcards to envelopes to packages, domestic or international. You just click, print, mail, and then you're done. And unlike the post office, Stamps.com never closes. Print postage for letters or packages at your convenience, 24-7. It's flexible and reliable. They even send you a digital scale that automatically calculates exact postage. I use Stamps.com because I don't have time to go to the post office. And frankly, I just don't want to. And right now, you can enjoy Stamps.com too with a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus postage and a digital scale without long-term commitments. Just go to Stamps.com, click the microphone on the top page, and type in UP, U-P. That's Stamps.com, promo code UP. With Stamps.com, you'll never go to the post office again. The support this podcast has received from all the listeners and the community itself has been astounding. People from all over tuned in to hear Tara Grinstead's story, and we've all rallied together in support for justice and truth. I could dedicate an entire episode to thanking all the different people for their help and support throughout this whole journey. But right now, I want to take a second to thank one particular person who was here from the very beginning. Hey, Payne, how are you? I'm good. How you doing? Fine. I was, I was getting my hair fixed. I was sitting underneath the hair dryer. And I, I thought I better not get up. Out for mind of this because that <laughs> that operator she had someone coming right after me. My grandma. You probably got that GP uh, ass thing, haven't you? Whatever it's called, you can get here. Yes, I can get there. Most of my previous conversations with my grandma had been about how proud of me she was, or how many cowboy cookies she needed to make for me, or someone, or anyone for that matter. But I had never really sat down with her to discuss the case. After all. She only lives 15 minutes from Osceola, and her best friend Melba was at the beauty pageant and talked to Tara on the night she went missing. I sat down to talk with her, to have a real conversation about things, and the first thing she said was, I'll just have to brag on my my grandson here. (laughs) You really got it going again. I think it would still be a cold case had you not gotten involved with this podcast. I really do. I think everybody's happy how it's turned out. And it would be wonderful if it could be some closure to it. I know the, those parents have had to go through an awful lot, hearing all of this and everything. Every time I listen to one of your podcasts, something new has come up. I can't believe that so many people have been involved in this thing. How can a small town keep a secret like that? It's easy. They don't always welcome outsiders, <laughs> small towns, you know. It's the same way when I moved to Albany. Oh, gosh, that's been since 1952. I mean, the people that lived right in Albany is sort of a clique, you know, and they just support each other. It's, I don't think it's hard to do. It's just unreal to me how, for that many years, that many people who knew something would not come forward. It's just 
unreal. I mean, I think this could have been solved a long time ago had people talked, but they're very careful who they talked with. And I think it's like that in most small little southern towns. Since the podcast, everyone's been talking, and you have friends that you talk to and see, they clearly know that I'm your grandson, right? My age group, they don't know even what a podcast is. Well, you do. <laughs> I do. And I try to tell them, and I'm bragging. Now, Amelva, I think she's talking about it now, you know, yeah. a good bit. Well, you're hip now. You got an iPhone. Yes, <laughs> I have. I mean, I think people are all shocked that this has gone on for this long. Seems like everybody is willing to talk now. Yeah, at first they weren't, but now it's like all the cards are out on the table. People feel like they have less to lose now. Mm-hmm. I think I heard it was a day before yesterday, I think, was on the WLB news about Bo Dukes. He's been arraigned now, is that right? Yeah, he's been indicted now. Uh, he's been indicted. Yeah. Okay. I think when it maybe first happened, a lot of people were pointing a finger at one another. You know, I wonder if he's involved. I wonder, you know. And uh, yeah, first it was so, the boyfriend, mm-hmm. Marcus Harper, then the the cop from the other town, Heath yeah. Dykes. I think that everyone would like for it to come to an end, and for Osula to be remembered for other things rather than Terror Grimstead, the horrible murder. You know, of course, it is a sweet little town. I I used to shop there when I first moved to Tipton. Uh-huh. I used to go to Osula. I don't think it's there anymore. It was a, What'd you shop for in Osceola? It was a cute little dress shop. It was called Diane's. Okay. I never went in there that I didn't buy something. <laughs> I always came up with something. <laughs> what do you think we all should learn from this? If you've been listening to this since day one, if you are a member of the community in South Georgia, Osceola, Tifton, this area, and you've heard this story and we've all witnessed this stuff unfold. Never give up. Just keep on. Just open every door you possibly can, make every phone calls you possibly can, just to keep on going. That's what you did. Everybody has to be investigated. I mean, anybody that had anything to do with it. I mean, the sheriff, the police, and her friends, schoolmates, her teachers, everyone needed to be interviewed. I mean, that's how you've gotten as far as you have right now. I got in the car, called a friend. I said, how do you get to Vosilla from where I live? She told me, because I've been there, but I've gone a long way. She told me a back way to go, you know. So I was there and I called Melba and she met me and it was just so exciting to see all that. I hadn't been in a courtroom in a long time. The only time I went is because somebody ran into me. And I was scared to death. But that was really, gosh, I thought I was in a, watching a movie or something with all the reporters and all the cameras. And then when I saw her family come out, that had to be hard, you know. Stepmother and father walked out from the chambers. She looked up. And Melba threw a kiss. She threw a kiss back to Melba. So Melba knows about everybody, yeah. I think, in Osceola, because she's been there a long time. Mm-hmm. She's a lovely lady. She really is. I'm hoping Elaine soon. I, I really thought after they arrested him, he would really come out and confess that he did it. I never 
the idea of him going to rob her, you know, of what? She's a school teacher, small little house, you know. I mean, I always felt from the very beginning that he was a person that maybe had a crush on her for a long time. Mm -hmm. Being a nice person, she just spoke with him and he just might have taken it the wrong way. Yeah. I think his intent that night was not to rob anything. Yeah. I think he had a crush on her maybe for a long time. Yeah. She just refused and and I think he killed her. I mean, I've always felt like that. But that's just my opinion. Who am I to know? I don't understand if he did it. Why he just won't admit. I mean, he knows he's he's not going to ever walk the streets again. How he could walk around and Bo Dukes too every day in that little town and know what you have done for all those years. I don't know how someone can live with that. He was pathetic walking into that courtroom that day, walking up those steps. Ooh. He held his head down the whole time. Maybe he braced a little bit when they asked if he needed a lawyer. I hope it'll soon end. I just imagine when the family appeared in court that day, I mean, how sad it was, but a relief to know that she was dead. I mean, if that something like happened to any of my family or anyone, I wouldn't have one minute of peace every day. I don't know how strong I am. I don't know if I could survive it. But I would do everything I possibly could. It would never be a cold case. I'd be there every day at the sheriff's office or somewhere asking, what are you doing? What are you doing? At least I'd be on that telephone. Everybody will know if I have something to break in this house. <laughs> I'm right away to get it fixed. <laughs> so, But I hope they do have a little, little peace known that she is not coming home, you know? Exactly. To lose a child like that has to be the worst thing in the world. Well, you keep hanging in there with it. I will. I love you. Love you too. <laughs> <laughs> I think they might have both been in it from the very beginning together. I yeah. do. Mm-hmm. I've always felt like that. You know, since he came forward, I felt like he was in it from the very beginning. Very first day. In fact, the night, yeah. the night that it happened. That's just my feeling.